1: 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio.
2: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. A former Israeli ambassador to the U.S. says war is inevitable if President Biden succeeds in reviving the Iran nuclear deal. Dr. Michael Oren says Israel would be forced to strike Iran to keep it from building a nuclear weapon a movie says, would spark a rocket barrage from neighboring countries.
1: And the Israeli Army's going to have to act. The Israeli Army's been training to go into southern Lebanon. There are 200 villages under there, under which are 130,000. Hezbollah follow-rockets are going to to go village to village, house to house.
2: Dr. Michael Oren was interviewed by the Salem Radio Network. Republican Senator Rick Scott of Florida believes his party is well on its way to recapturing the Senate in November, partly because of the quality of its candidates.
3: Ron Johnson's got a tough race, but he's doing a great job. I'm at Oz. At a tough race. He's he's working hard. Um, Ted Budd in North Carolina is working hard. Uh, Herschel Walker.
2: That is Senator Rick Scott, and this is SRN News.
3: Sideline
1: Sanity with Michelle Tafoya.
4: CEO of The Federalist, Sean Davis. We
1: had a president who used its own law enforcement arm to go and raid the home, not just of uh, a previous president, but potentially the next US president running against the current regime that is not something that happens in democratic free republic sideline sanity at Salem Podcast Network.com. AM 1280 The Patriot. You can win yourself a $1,000 Williams Sonoma shopping spree. You could also be included in the World's Greatest Recipes Volume 2 Cookbook. Just share your favorite recipes at AM 1280ThePatriot.com. Your weather today, slight chance of thunderstorms and patchy fog, high of 75. And tomorrow, patchy dense fog in the morning, then sunny, high of 78. Brad Carlson in for Mitchburg next, right here on The Patriot.
5: Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the show that says us, bring us your tired, huddled masses yearning to see red. The Northern Alliance Radio Network. No, this isn't Mitchburg. The ruse is up. It's not Mitchburg. It is me, Brad Carlson. Well, G-Money kind of gave it away in the news at the top of the hour. Yeah, it's me, Brad Carlson, in for Mitchburg. Mitch, away on assignment, but fear not. Uh, for those of you who like to hear Mitch each and every weekend, as I do, He will be filling in for me tomorrow from 1 to 3 p.m. So we hope you can tune in uh, tomorrow and hopefully you stick around for these full two hours today because we have a lot to get to on the broadcast. Uh, There's kind of a different vibe a little bit on Saturdays than there is Sundays. Sundays, it's, you know, pretty much all the lights are out and it's it's quiet other than for the one board op that I usually have, but for some reason on Saturdays, uh, it just, I don't know. It just seems more active, even though, even though there were a couple of guys. G-Money, you must be extra boisterous. Uh, maybe that's it. I don't know.
1: I mean, I'm trying to be, so <laughs> I'm just trying to be sunshine and daisies. So.
5: Yeah, you know, it's, it's you and another guy that uh, was uh, Daniel who was running the King Banyan show um, on our sister station, AM 1440. So uh, I don't know. Uh, for some reason, it just seems kind of like maybe a little different vibe. Maybe the volume's up on the other radio shows. Who's to say? But, hey, it's always good to be here occasionally on a Saturday, and uh, it's it's nice to have uh, flexible uh, colleagues that can fill in for each other uh, when one of us uh, is away on assignment. So uh, glad to be here. A lot of stuff to get to on the broadcast. I'm going to kind of break it up a little bit, uh, talk some national news here in the first hour, and then we got a lot of local stuff to get to in the second hour. But obviously one of the big national news stories, uh, from this past week, was the Wyoming Republican primary. And you're like, Wyoming? What, why in the world would the national media descend upon Jackson Hole? Uh, that just doesn't make any sense. Well, uh, it's pretty obvious if you are at all uh, into um, uh, politics. Of course, uh, Liz Cheney, who is the uh, House member in the state of Wyoming, they only have uh, one uh, U.S. president, House member, obviously, because it is such a sparsely populated state. She, of course, heads up the January 6th committee investigating the riots uh, that took place on January 6, 2021, when a bunch of Trump supporters uh, ransacked the Capitol. And the whole idea behind the January 6th committee is to show that uh, apparently President Trump orchestrated some sort of insurrection to try to overthrow the government. And interfere with them certifying the results of the presidential election in 2020, showing Trump losing. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they're not going to come up with anything to show that Trump orchestrated some sort of coup. I don't believe that happened. Now, was his behavior in the aftermath of the riot unacceptable? Uh, has he been taking it a little too lightly? I, I, in my opinion, yes. Is that does that rise to the level of a crime? I'm not a legal beagle, but I don't think so. But the point is, you had the state of Wyoming vote to elect Donald Trump, 68% of the vote in 2016, 70% of the vote in 2020. He's very popular in the state of Wyoming. And with Liz Cheney ending up uh, heading up the January 6th committee, that obviously rankled a lot of her constituents in the state. And in the aftermath of Cheney's loss, I mean, Spoiler alert, she got crushed. Harriet Hageman, who was the Trump endorsed candidate, defeated Liz Cheney. 66% for Hageman, 28% for Cheney. That's like close. That's a 38 point loss for an incumbent congresswoman. Who, well, I'm, yeah, she's in her third term, in the midst of her third term. I mean, okay, it's one thing if you serve one term. You know, and you happen to get in during a wave year and you get ousted next time. That's that's one thing. But to get ousted in your own party's primary as a three term incumbent, that's hard to do. And God bless her. Liz Cheney pulled it off. Now. It never ceases to amaze the strange new respect that the Cheney family has garnered from the mainstream media. Because I've been following politics closely for more than 20 years. I mean, I, I voted, you know, I the first year I was eligible to vote was 1988, and I followed enough to cast my vote ever since. Well, I was kind of a casual observer. But it was probably the early 90s, you know, when I heard Rush Limbaugh for the first time, I started to get a little more engaged. And then the 2000 election with all the shenanigans that surrounded that, that's when I really got into it and saying, this is just crazy, uh, accusing someone without evidence of stealing an election and then trying to pull the turn yourself, you know, cherry-picking which counties to recount in Florida, you know, because the that race hinged on Florida. I'm not going to relitigate all that. I'm just giving you my history. I've been following politics for more than 20 years, and I am well old enough to remember how— the Bush administration, particularly Dick Cheney, was evil incarnate. He was the puppet master behind George W. Bush, controlling the puppet strings and going to war and lying us into war. And I don't believe the administration lied us into war. Did they get faulty intelligence? Yeah, they did. In retrospect, that's in I mean, that's not debatable. They got faulty intelligence that led us into war in Iraq. Should have never happened. But the point I'm trying to make is Now, because Liz Cheney and, of course, with her dad's support, former Vice President Dick Cheney, calling Donald Trump a coward and a liar, the biggest threat to the republic in our 246 year history, which, again, is hyperbolic. I don't think Donald Trump should run for president again. All right. But to call him the biggest threat in the 246 year history of our republic is nonsense. It's absolute nonsense, and it shows you don't grasp basic history. Either that or you have recency bias because that's the most uh, damning thing you've seen happen in our republic most recently, okay? But there's been a lot of other things that have taken place, like, oh, I don't know, the uh, assassination of uh, President Lincoln and uh, a couple of his cabinet members threatened to be taken hostage. That was a, a little threat of the republic, right? Sean Davis, hat tip, Sean Davis, of the, Fed, the Federalist. So, like I said, it, it just it, it just boggles the mind. This is the equivalent of, say, in four years we have a president, Ron DeSantis, and CNN or MSNBC brings on Steve Bannon and Kellyanne Conway to bash the DeSantis administration. OK, that's what this would be the equivalent of in my eyes, because I remember clearly you even mentioned the word Bush or Cheney and these people would just I mean, my God, it would it would it's like when you uh, uh, it's like Beetlejuice, you know, his face, you know, exploded kind of like <laughs> that. That's what it'd be like with these people. It just or no better description, the exorcist where that girl's head spun around. Yeah, that's what it would be That was what it was like. And I bring all that up to say, oh, my gosh, this is a threat to our democracy. If a congresswoman who makes takes a moral stance knew she was setting her congressional career on fire, yet she took that bold stance to take on, speak truth to power, take on Donald Trump and his threat to our republic, if someone like that can lose elected office, What does that say about our democracy? This is a threat to our democracy. That was the the, the popular phrase this past week. A threat to our democracy. To which I would counter, and it's what you hear at a lot of these leftist protests, this is what democracy looks like! The tenet, you could argue the chief tenet of democracy is the voters who don't believe their representative is representing their best interests, they take their proverbial collective voices to the ballot box and make the decision on who represents them. And in this case, whether they believed the the, the J6 committee was a hoax, I mean, CNN, of course it was CNN, went up to Wyoming and interviewed a bunch of people Trump supporters asking if they support Liz Cheney for re-election, and they don't. And you get a lot of them saying, I think she did Trump dirty, you know, this and that. There was a stolen election. You know, they found the. it's called nut picking, okay, where you pick the most fringe of a group, in this case, the anti-Cheney Republicans, and put them out front and say, this is representative of them, a bunch of hicks that believe the election was stolen without evidence. And, yeah, I'll say that there's a good number of Wyoming residents who believe the election was stolen. What percentage that is, I don't know. But when you support Donald Trump for re-election with 70% of the vote in 2020, yeah, it's, it's a pretty significant percentage. And this is the point that these outlets try to make. Well, when people shriek, say, oh, my God, this is a well, this is a threat to our democracy. Well, no, these people... Yeah, they may have thought the election was stolen. They may think the J-6 committee is a waste of time. But you know what their biggest concerns are now? I mean, this is across the board. Voters' biggest concerns right now the economy. Inflation, gas prices, okay, lowering wages. I know the Biden administration likes to tout the the low uh, unemployment rate, but there's a couple of factors there. One is the shrinking of the workforce. People maybe not as many seeking work. And secondly, uh, lower wages, so they may have a job, but is the job as solid as it was, say, four years ago, even two years ago? Because wages have been so depressed. I mean, obviously, two years ago, we were in the middle of a pandemic, so that was a, that was a huge problem. So that's what's the concern of the voters. And the fact that Harriet Hageman, who was Liz Cheney's Republican opponent in the uh, Wyoming Republican primary, was engaging voters on these very issues, the voters look at her and say, hey, she's talking to me about issues I care about. Whether you like it or not, people don't care about the January 6th committee, except the far-left, the, va- the, the majority of people who care about the J6 committee are the far-left hyperpartisan politicos. They're the ones who care about it, because they have this uh, dream of seeing Donald Trump frog-marched out of Mar-a-Lago in an orange jumpsuit, just like they had that dream with Karl Rove back in the day when Karl Rove was a uh, close confidant to the Bush administration. Harriet Hageman, yeah, I mean, she says some crazy things, and yeah, of course, she's a, she's a 2020 election denier, which is probably why Trump endorsed her, to take on Liz Cheney. But from what I understand, she was also engaging the voters in issues they care about. And that's, I think, the biggest factor you have to look at. We only have about a minute left in this segment, but uh, we want to take uh, Jim's call real quick uh, before we move on to break. Uh, Jim and Ham Lake, you're on line one. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jim, go ahead. Hello, how
1: are you doing there? Um, so over the course of months I just hear you always uh, refer to, um, basically I consider you a never-Trumper on a conservative talk show. Not true. And it just drives me nuts. I just assume that you'd, I voted for you'd him twice. on... Well, I mean, I just got done hearing you say that you'd rather he didn't run. Correct. This time. Correct. He put it over the. He put it over the over the goal line millions of times. People didn't like his tweets, this or that, but his
5: policies were, were not about on the that Constitution. for me. Not, none of that's about. So that I just want to hear it. Okay.
1: I just like to hang up and have you elaborate on why be, never Trump. I'd be why glad to.
5: You don't want him to run again. Okay, I, I'll hang up. Yeah, you bet, Jim. I appreciate the call. Uh, I'd be glad to. Look, I voted for him twice. So to say I'm never Trump is not accurate. Uh, I don't want him to run again. And I, I would not vote for him were he the Republican nominee. Now, uh, I voted for him twice and then didn't vote for him a third time. That doesn't make me never Trump. That makes me not Trump this time. Quite simply, on Election Day 2024, he will be 78 years old. He will be able to serve one term. Because he already served one term. So you get eight years in the White House, maximum. They don't have to obviously be consecutive terms. There is a lot to do to undo the damage of the Biden administration and what the Democrats have done. And you need more than one term of substantive policies, which I agree with you. There's been some solid substantive policies, much to my delight and surprise, under the Trump administration. But if he only gets one term, then what? You know? You want I want someone in there, a Republican president who can serve two consecutive terms and work to undo all the damage of the Biden administration. Uh, there are a lot of reasons to oppose Trump. You know, the I mean, the tweets I did, I didn't care for. Uh, but the sowing of the distrust in the Georgia election, which cost Republicans two Senate seats. To me, that was unforgivable within a political context. But if you leave all that aside. Seventy eight years old can only serve one term. So if Joe Biden's too old at 78, Donald Trump is too old at 78, and he would only get one term. So long story short, Jim, I appreciate the question. That's why I don't want him to run again. 651-289-4488, that is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N-Show. Brad Carlson, the closer, filling in for Mitch Berg, the headliner, on the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network.
1: sightseeing in paris at the mall in bloomington or on horseback in dallas we're where you are listen to am 1280 the patriot at odyssey.com or with the free odyssey app
2: how is your car payment treating you what if i told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as 83 dollars a month look at your car payment closely you could be paying as high as 20 percent interest
5: The Stone Arch Bridge, the St. Paul skyline,
4: Gooseberry Falls. You can own one of hundreds of iconic Minnesota images captured by award-winning Twin Cities photographer Wayne Moran for half the regular price. You'll get a signed 36-inch print of your choice for your home, office, or to give as a gift. Normally $500, yours for only $250. Only five of these special print offers are available. So call the station at 651-289-4413. That's 651-289-4413.
2: A journey to Israel this November will impact you forever. Join Sebastian Gorka, Dinesh D'Souza, and our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, for 10 life-changing days. Register today at StandWithIsraelTour.com. Hey, welcome
5: back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson, on the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance. Sans headliner Mitch Berg, who is away on assignment, but he'll be back tomorrow. Or he'll be in for me tomorrow, I should say, in my 1-3 to three time slot. But uh, good to be with you on this Saturday. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Just to finish my thought, uh, the last segment, uh, uh, Jim from Ham Lake, I, again, appreciate you calling, Jim, asking me why I don't want Trump to run. I think, you know, I I laid it out there. Leave aside all of the issues I had with him during his presidency and sowing distrust in our election system, particularly in Georgia, that cost Republicans two Georgia Senate seats. And, oh, by the way, wouldn't it have been nice to have the Republican majority in the Senate when this Inflation Reduction Act was passing? That would have been nice, right, to keep the majority in the Senate? Huh, but I digress. Um, I think he'll be too old, and he only have one term. And uh, the second thing is, if Trump is the GOP candidate, he'll lose. He'll lose. I, I, I don't see how that's a difficult, too difficult a concept to grasp. So, and even our our very own Dennis Prager, who was very much in the Trump camp during his presidency, said that very thing when he uh, made a visit last year for our twentieth anniversary of of the Patriot saying he did not want Trump again for the very reason I just stated, because he'll lose. So uh, we'll uh, leave that, uh, we'll consign that uh, discussion to history for now. But because I do want to get to uh, another big story from this past week. Uh, This past week was the one-year anniversary of the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. And that was a pivotal moment in the Joe Biden administration because the first seven months of Biden's presidency, he enjoyed an above water job approval rating. He was above 50% consistently. Typically presidents are their first several months, Donald J. Trump being an exception, of course, because he had a lot of anti media hostility against it because he had a very antagonistic relationship with the media. So therefore they weren't going to be very flattering in their coverage. And a, and Trump certainly helped them with that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Trump was a 100 percent victim. He wasn't, but he definitely uh, was behind the proverbial eight ball. Well, Joe Biden, uh, again, enjoyed a an above water approval rating. But then when the disastrous withdrawal took place in Afghanistan, where Americans, some Americans were not evacuated, uh, they left a lot of weaponry behind. You had the Taliban mocking the flag being stuck in the ground at Iwo Jima, if you remember that. That doesn't happen when there's competent American leadership. And people noticed. And Joe Biden's approval rating tanked under 50% underwater, and he's been underwater literally ever since. In fact, it's gotten as low as the mid-30s, like I think 36 37% in some polls. Now, it's ticked up again to low 40s, which is still awful, But it's ticked up a little bit because there has been some, you know, some relief at the pump, the gas pump. It's now only about $4 a gallon as opposed to $5 or $6 in some places. And CNN, the propaganda arm for the Biden administration, came out and said, wow, people are now saving $100 a month on gas over last month. Just think of that as a $100 raise or $100 tax cut. CNN put that on their Twitter feed. And it's like, okay, um, It's still close to four dollars here in Minnesota and Minnesota is kind of around the average in the nation, maybe a little below average in the nation. So it's still close to four dollars a gallon. Okay, a year and a half ago when Biden was inaugurated, it was under three bucks in most places. So they think you're stupid. They think you don't remember. They're relying on that. So I bring all this up to say that. I concurred that the withdrawal from Afghanistan needed to happen, but the timing and the execution of the withdrawal was a complete disaster because the time to do it would have been earlier in the year, around May timeframe, when Taliban forces weren't around. They were otherwise occupied with seasonal aspects, opiate harvesting, that was taking place in the country, and they wouldn't have been around, and therefore it would have been easier to get, Americans out at that time without the Taliban trying to block them or force others or try to detain others trying to leave the country. OK, there were some pretty horrific pictures. And the reason the Biden administration delayed it until around August and September time frame, because what was September 2021, the 20th anniversary of 9-11, right? Which was the catalyst for going into Afghanistan, who was giving safe harbor to al-Qaeda terrorists, the ones who perpetrated the 9-11 attacks. And therefore, Joe Biden says, we've come full circle. Twenty years ago, we went into, uh, it was uh, the terrorist attack, 9-11, and now we're getting them out of there 20 years later. He wanted to commemorate the 20th anniversary of 9-11 by saying, look at that, I stuck to my central campaign promise uh, getting out of Afghanistan. But conveniently, Joe Biden was not around much last week. This was his schedule on Tuesday. On Tuesday, the Bidens were heading back from their South Carolina beach vacation. They'd been there for a number of days, returning at the White House at a little before two o'clock. At 3.30 on Tuesday, Biden signs the Inflation Reduction Act. Oh, it's the Inflation Reduction Act again? I thought it was only that as a guys to get Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinnamon on board in the Senate and then sign it and then pass it in the Senate and then after that it was just called the climate bill a climate change bill but it's a, it is the inflation reduction act even though the CBO scored it as not reducing inflation and adding to the deficit and several credible economists saying it won't reduce inflation and Chuck Schumer basically saying they're wrong huh okay I, I I get confused. So Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act uh, as he normally does. Gets agitated with people who suggest it won't reduce inflation, and it indeed will not raise taxes on people making less than four hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, it will. But he gets pretty angry when you defy his chanting points. And after he got agitated with the American people, pointing to the camera and saying, "This will uh, not," I. Keep my campaign promise it will not increase taxes on those making 400 grand or less. Uh, he left the White House to get to Newcastle, Delaware, that evening where he's been uh, enjoying another beach vacation. And, oh, yeah, uh, milking the taxpayers for a half a million dollar fence around his beach property. So he wasn't available to say, hey, Mr. President, one year anniversary of the Afghanistan withdrawal. Uh, any regrets? Anything you want to uh, anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to say on this uh, uh, anniversary? And the media gave it uh, tacit coverage, but uh, you had NPR. See if you can—I'll just read a couple quick paragraphs of this NPR story. After two decades of insurgency, the Taliban exhausted the world's most powerful military and their NATO allies, which agreed to withdraw from the country in a deal signed in February 2020. As Western troops were concluding their withdrawal last summer, the Taliban oversaw the rapid surrender, defeat, or co-option of Afghan security forces— forces they saw as aiding a foreign occupation. Uh, On Tuesday, the Taliban's particularly interpretation of Islamic law is being imposed in fits and starts largely over women and girls. Most girls cannot attend secondary schools. They may not travel long distances without a male guardian. Women report being hounded out of their jobs. They've been ordered to cover their faces in public, although the rule is only applied to women on television so far. Um... What's missing from there? Who oversaw the withdrawal, the disastrous withdrawal that turned out to be, and now it's devolved back into the Taliban taking control and bringing it back to pre-9-11 status? President Joe Biden. NPR, New York Times, all gave it a mention, cursory mention. A year ago we withdrew, but the only thing they mention is early 2020, the agreement they entered into withdrawal because they could ding trump with it because D- donald trump was president at the time but they don't cite who was behind the disaster of the execution of the withdrawal convenient 651-289-4488 is the number to call brad carlson filling in for Mitchburg on the headliner edition of the northern alliance radio network go nowhere
1: Anthony was working a dead-end job. I was surviving, but I wasn't getting ahead anymore. A friend told him about my computer career. She's like, I'm already in the program. She's like, you'd be crazy if you don't do it. So I jumped right in and have not regretted it. Anthony did it all online. All you got to do is have an internet connection, and you can do it.
2: Become an IT pro in just months with zero experience
1: at mycomputercareer.edu. You need to check out mycomputercareer. If it worked for me, it'll definitely work for you, too.
6: It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu.
3: Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. Free, what a great word. We are often asked if we give free estimates. The truth is that very little is actually free, but we absolutely do offer free, no-obligation estimates on roofing, siding, gutters, and windows, and we feel privileged to do so. This makes me think of the incredible cost of salvation, so costly that nobody, nobody can afford it. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, The only way to pay our sin debt is with death. Ouch. The verse continues with, But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Honestly, there is very little cost to us doing an estimate for you, and we actually get the benefit of meeting you too. But think of the cost of salvation. If you have any questions about your home's exterior or about the free gift of salvation, please look us up at thekingdombuilders.com.
1: At am1280thepatriot.com, you guide the
6: conversation. Gorka's thoughts on midterms. I'm waiting for the mostly peaceful protest to break out again. The playbook is always the same. isn't it? it always is. But do you really think this will be the platform for the Democrats? Because it's hard to think of what they can point at in the last 15 months that is something to be proud of. Joe Biden sent, sent out a tweet, and he was talking about how bad the economy was when he took over. And because of him and his policies that we now have the most, in quotes, robust recovery ever in American history, never mind the almost 10% inflation, 6 $7 gas in a lot of parts of the country, supply chain breakages all over the place. And this guy's on Twitter literally talking about how great it all is.
1: Simply visit am1280thepatriot.com. Click on Hosts and search for the topics that matter most to you
3: for the life
2: of your home visit think and-
4: are you tired of feeling sticky and hot this summer? Call Air Mechanical to come out and service your air conditioner, recommend a replacement, or discuss dehumidifier options. They have air conditioners in stock, and financing is available on new equipment and repairs. If you're ready to start feeling more comfortable and enjoy your summer, think Air Mechanical. Air Mechanical leads the metro area in heating and cooling services. Just go to thinkami.com. For the life
5: of your home, visit Think AMI. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. We are showing no mercy on this broadcast today. That is for certain. As would be fit, Mitch Berg's program, the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance. Yeah, Mitch is away on assignment. But fear not, folks. I know you like to hear Mitch each and every weekend, as I do. He'll be filling in for me tomorrow from 1 to 3 p.m., so we hope you can tune in there as well. Uh, Talking uh, about uh, some national stories from this past week, here's another one. Uh, CNN has gassed yet another big name from its uh, airwaves. Brian Stelter, who hosts a Sunday program entitled Reliable Sources, and it never stopped being the most profound irony when Brian Stelter had on Dan Rather, as a guest on his program entitled Reliable Sources. Dan Rather, the one who used fake documents to try to discredit the Bush administration and affect the 2004 election, presidential election. Dan Rather on Reliable Sources. It's never ceases to amaze the rehab of Dan Rather now is just this, this uh, uh, media pundit. And it's really because he, he, he rips Republicans. That's the only reason he has any credibility or getting any play. So anyways, uh, Eric Erickson at his Substack page wrote a quick blurb about uh, Brian Stelter saying, "Uh, Brian loves the media. When he was a student, he created a website called TV Newser that chronicled TV newscasts focusing on cable news. It is where I'd go to find out all the gossip about the ups and downs of cable news. He might've loved it a bit too much. Brian got his job at CNN as I was leaving CNN. Howard Kurtz had moved to Fox. Over time, I believe that Brian's love of cable news got the better of him. He could focus on the aspects he hated, which leaned towards hating the right and Fox and Trump, at the expense of the parts he loved. Reliable sources became an amen corner of pundits patting each other on the back for what came across as their hatred of the right, Fox, and Trump, with little accountability for the news industry in general. Reliable sources failed to cover the judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse matter banning MSNBC. USA Today allowing Stacey Abrams a retroactive edit of an already published op-ed on Georgia's election law. The Rolling Stone story about the ivermectin overdoses in Oklahoma that turned out not to be true well after it was picked up by other media outlets. And a number of other major stories. Uh, Just for me to interject here, you you know what another one was? The Jussie Smollett hoax in early 2019, you know, because it was used as a sign of the time. This is a sign of the trying, times uh, in a in a in a Trump presidency. This hatred of a gay black man being attacked for who he is. You remember that uh, hoax? Supposedly at two o'clock in the morning, sixteen degrees below zero on the streets of Chicago. Two white guys in MAGA hats who happened to watch the TV show Empire recognized Jussie Smollett. All very convenient, and the media bought it hook, line, and sinker until it was proven to not be true because of, oh, I don't know, forensic evidence? And Brian Stelter hit back on a couple of people on Twitter pointing out that very thing. So, oh, great, were you there? How would you know? He clung to that story even after it was pretty much proved to be a hoax. So quad erod demonstratum about how he let his bias get in the way of holding legit failings in left-wing media accountable. Uh, Continue reading Eric Erickson's piece. It's hard to hold people you like accountable, and reliable sources turned into a show with a liberal focus on the news that treated cable news as some necessary and near-holy part of society that had to be defended instead of a business that had to be critiqued. Frankly, I think the proof is in the reaction to the show's cancellation. I am unaware of any conservatives who, conservative who is lamenting its demise. That is not a standard of measure, but I find it notable for how the show came to be perceived. All that said, I won't be one of those dancing on the grave of reliable sources. There are some, but generally few, people whose loss of job I celebrate. I think CNN has a role to play in holding the media and itself accountable. I continue to be intrigued with the direction the new president is taking the company, and uh, I, I concur with Eric there. You know, when someone loses a job, because I've lost jobs before, it, it can be a scary time. Yeah, you may get a little severance, and that may sustain you for a month or two. I don't know what Brian's severance package is like; have no idea. I'm sure he was paid pretty handsomely, being on a you know CNN show, but I know he has a wife, <clears throat> excuse me, and two little kids. So, yeah, this isn't something to celebrate the demise of this individual. But at the same time, he w- was take he was basically doing what the brass at CNN wanted him to do. I mean, Jeff Zucker was CNN's president. You remember when, uh, and I talked about this a little bit in the preview. You have MSNBC, which engages in far-left hackery. You have Fox News, which engages in far-right hackery. And you always had CNN that was kind of, you know, you had your biased personalities, to be sure, but it wasn't as bad as MSNBC. And I remember this vividly. In 2014, the midterm elections, when the Republicans gained a huge majority in the U.S. House, they had a record uh, majority, you know, not seen since the Great Depression, and they flipped nine seats in the U.S. Senate to take over the majority in that body, too. Of course, it was the final two years of Barack Obama's presidency. And I remember at the time saying, you know what's wild? I'm actually getting the best election coverage on CNN. I remember thinking that. I'm like, this is wild. I'm getting decent coverage on CNN. This is pretty good. Now, Jake Tapper, I've always held up in high esteem. He, he kind of succumbed to the anti-Trump hysteria himself a little bit. He's still pretty solid, but he still delves too much into the anti-Trumpism. But I remember they were actually pretty solid. Well, what happened? Summer of 2015, Donald J. Trump announces he's running for president. Donald Trump has always been a big ratings boon, you know, from his time as, you know, with The Apprentice on NBC. And CNN took advantage of that. I mean, Donald Trump would have these huge rallies and CNN would see this say, what is going on? If nothing else, this is good for kind of a little carnival, little sideshow, because no way Donald Trump's going to be president, much less the Republican nominee. So let's just have fun with this. He's good ratings fodder. And they succumbed to that. I remember when Trump would have these huge rallies, you know, during the 2016 battle for the Republican nomination. You had all of these presidential candidates, whether it be Jeb Bush, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, Carly Fiorina, John Kasich. They were all holding their individual rallies. And CNN would have a split screen of these other candidates having their rallies. And then when Trump's rally was about to start, they had the camera on the empty podium waiting for Trump to arrive not even giving any coverage to the other presidential candidates. So you could argue it was CNN propping up Trump, thinking he would probably be easiest to beat, because still at their core, CNN obviously wanted a Democrat president. They just hid it a little better back then. And this was interesting. Uh, Back in October of 2018, and uh, Gabe, if we have cut number one ready to go, There was a panel discussion taking place. Uh, The legendary Ted Koppel, who hosts Nightline on ABC, ABC. He was part of a panel discussion. I don't remember who was heading up the panel, but Brian Stelter was on there as well. And uh, this is how much of a glass house or much of a echo chamber, you know, uh, that Brian Stelter was in. He was in flat out denial of CNN's role. In the elevation of Trump and Ted Koppel, who isn't exactly a conservative stooge, Trump apologist, uh, he definitely called CNN out on this. So, uh, Gabe, if we have that ready, cut number one.
7: Everybody here keeps talking about ideology and politics. Money, 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 money. Donald Trump has been very, very good for baseball. Correct. He has been wonderful for the industry. Yep. Your boss acknowledged as much a number of number of months ago during the campaign Les Mendes, Donald that Trump was. Huh?
2: it was Les Moonves who acknowledged Les
7: Moonves it. also <laughs> acknowledged it, but so did CBS the CNN. but that means
4: that, what? That, that if ratings mean, are
7: up, that means what? Oh, the ratings are up. It means you can't do without Donald Trump. You would be lost without Donald Trump. That that is what he says. Ted, you know that's not true. CNN's ratings would be in the toilet without Donald Trump. (laughs) And they are. You that's not true. You're you're playing for laughs. You've lived through enough presidencies to know there will be more presidents. What were the ratings before Trump and what are the ratings now? I would say uh, we might be up 20 we might be up 30%, we might be up 40%. Then you're if admitting it. If we go it. back down 40%, that's okay, too. Then you're admitting it.
2: Uh, well, it you... may not be okay, <laughs> Of course
7: that's... it is. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hold on. I, I reject the premise that these networks are making so much money off of Trump, and thus we, we benefit from uh, it. I... Tell me for a moment, if There's... you will, let's get away from CNN, then, all right? Sensitive subject. <laughs> no, Let's go to MSNBC. Why? Oh, I... Is there a moment of the day when they are not focusing on Donald Trump? They still are. Or some intimately related subject? It is essentially, oh, I know every once in a while. You know, if the number of people who died in Indonesia gets up to a thousand, they'll give it a mention or two. But by and large, the only news that's covered, program after program after program. <laughs>
5: Okay, there you have it—the legendary Ted Koppel calling out CNN. This was October of 2018. He called it, and you know Brian Stelter. I mean, he he basically says, "All Ted, that's not true." Okay, what were your ratings before Trump, and what are they now? Oh, we might be up twenty, thirty, forty percent, and they may go down forty percent after release. So you're admitting it's true. I mean, Brian Stelter, the God bless him, the guy's got a you know this is a line used by our good friend Nick Zerwas, but it applies to Brian Stelter too. He's got the face for radio and a voice for silent film. I mean, how, how this guy ever got a TV show? Well, we know I got a TV show. I, as Tucker Carlson referred to him as uh, Jeff Zucker's eunuch. Basically, he went out there and took the marching orders and ripped the Trump presidency. And their ratings went up as a result because anti-Trump people flocked to CNN. It was like therapy for them. So, anyways, uh, I have, I'll probably have another thought or two on this when we come back. Well, one final segment this hour. is me, Brad Carlson, filling in for Mitchburg, the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488, that is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARNshow. That's hashtag NARNshow. And we do have our live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, so check us out there as well. Brad Carlson with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere.
1: AM 1280, The Patriot. Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280, The Patriot, at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
3: The power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions, and it just makes them better adults.
6: Hi, I'm Jeff.
3: Hi, I'm Trish. And we're from Oakdale.
2: Jeff and Trish use the half-off tuition program for both of their sons' Christian education. That's half price for the first year of tuition at participating Twin Cities Schools.
3: The Half Off Tuition Program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family.
2: Details at TwinCitysTuitions.com
1: Catch up on the latest news and information affecting Minnesota's great outdoors with Outdoor News Radio. We talk hunting, fishing, and natural resources in the great state of Minnesota every Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Joining me, Rob Jerislein, our guest-like bow hunting expert, Tony Peterson, professional anglers like Tackle Terry Tuma and Tim Lesmeister, and nature gurus like the bird chick, Sharon Staitler. Join us for Outdoor News Radio.
4: Every Sunday morning at 8 on our sister station, Freedom 1570. As the world emerges from the pandemic, new challenges arise. Inflation, rising interest rates, market volatility, and now massive government spending due to a war halfway across the globe. This means rising taxes won't be far behind. While you can't control what happens in the world around you, you can control how much of your hard-earned retirement savings that you get to keep. Hi, this is David McKnight, financial strategist and author of the national bestseller, The Power of Zero. We employ strategies that help people near and in retirement protect what they saved in good times and bad. This means having a strategy designed to weather times like these and keep more of your money in your pocket. So if you're concerned about your ability to combat inflation, rising taxes, and exposure to risk, we're here to help. Our number is 844-574-1400. That's 844-574-1400. Or visit us online at thepowerofzeroshow.com. Investment advisory services offered through POZ Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor.
6: I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station. And that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station.
1: Join our fan club today and you could win our Regnery Book of the Month, We'll Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America, by lawyer and commentator Kurt Schlichter. Register to win daily at am1280thepatriot.com. Hey, welcome
5: back. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is a headliner edition of the Northern Everyone
7: Alliance. Considered him the coward of the cow- Sands
5: the headliner, Mitch Berg, who is away he on assignment. It is me, Brad Carlson, filling in for Mitch. Mitch will be in for me tomorrow from if 1 to 3, but definitely tune in. 651-289-4488, that is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And we do have our live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Wild Wilson along with uh, Sandy, uh, both commenting on our video feed today. Thank you so much for uh, weighing in and uh, viewing the broadcast and listening as well. Uh, talking about Brian Stelter's broadcast, Reliable Sources, uh, Assuming Room Temperature. Uh, actually, they are going to get one final show tomorrow, Well, there'll probably be uh, a... Self-congratulatory fest on the great work they've done of speaking truth to power, when really all it was was a left-wing echo chamber. That's all it was. I mean, Brian Stelter. I've never seen a guy get ratioed on Twitter so often when he put out a, a comment. And when I mean what I say by ratio is he got well more comments than he did retweets. I know they say retweets don't equal endorsement, but most of the time they do. And if you get more retweets than you do comments, it means they are affirming what you're saying. But Brian Stelter was always the exact opposite. The guy was just a walking ratio. And he, 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 not a bad gig, to 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 be sure. Uh, but listening to that uh, audio with Ted Koppel and that little panel discussion they had three and a half years ago, almost four years ago now, it was just gold uh, because what Ted Koppel said has come to fruition. Once Now that Trump's out of the White House, CNN's ratings have tanked. And they've had new management come in because uh, uh, CNN President Jeff Zucker. Resigned, I think, sometime earlier this year, maybe last year, I don't remember. And uh, I forget uh, the—is it Chris Licht that uh, took over as the uh, new president of CNN? Uh, Basically, he came in with a a different vision. Yeah, Chris Licht, it's L-I-C-H-T. I'm not sure if that's Licht or Licht. Leaked, doesn't matter. Uh, he's the new CEO of CNN, and he's coming in basically saying, you know, I don't want us to be so hyper-partisan anymore. Well, goodbye, Chris Cuomo, who was advising his progressive brother on how to combat criticism over sexual harassment and his poor handling of COVID. And uh, now uh, Brian Stelter, who was a far left-wing hack, uh, he's gone too. The writing was on the wall. I mean, when when Chris Lick took over and he basically said, I don't want to be nearly as hyper-partisan as as we have been, right then and there it said, well, I hope Brian Stelter has his resume updated. And uh, Joe Concha spoke to um, uh, Fox News recently, and here's what he had to say about this. You know, we could see this firing coming from 10 uh, miles away. Brian Stelter sealed his own fate when he somehow, thinking he was untouchable, attacked a very imp- important person at Discovery with what one could only call hubris and sanctimony. And remember, Discovery is the company who took over CNN. Uh, here's a quote from Stelter earlier this year. Uh, you know, I don't think I can do a Brian Stelter imitation. Got to do like a, a voice like you're on helium. And the people say that Zachary or CNN was lagging journalism. Clearly, we're not watching CNN directly. Yeah, That's a terrible one. Sorry about that. And yes, I'm including John Malone in this one. So who is John Malone? He's Discovery's largest shareholder and one of the most powerful people in Stelter's incoming orbit. And this media correspondent basically calls him a misinformed idiot in public while making the laughable claim that the Zucker era featured real journalism and not the hyperpartisan, patronizing and quite frankly, cheesy performance art that we witnessed from CNN talent over the last seven years. And there's a reason why CNN lost overall has lost. 75 percent of its audience since joe biden took office ted koppel predicted this would happen he said when trump leaves the stage your ratings are going to go into the toilet we just listened to that audio just a few minutes ago right and stelter lectured koppel a real journalist on why he was wrong that wraps wraps up basically everything i'm trying to say here so yeah it, it happened just as it was predicted i mean All you need to do is have the ability to uh, rub a brain cell or two together, and you could see that this was coming. And this was something that Rush Limbaugh hit back on quite a bit. I mean, people argued that, you know, he was like in the fourth year of his show, and he was already becoming really popular at the tail end of the George H.W. Bush era in the early 90s. That's when he started to catch on. And, of course, 92 was when he really went into orbit. Uh, during the 92 presidential campaign, George H.W. Bush taking on Democrat challenger Bill Clinton, and of course, Ross Perot was in that race as well. And Bill Clinton ended up winning, and Rush was calling this guy out. He says, I'm telling you, this guy is a weak character. If he gets elected president, he's not going to stick with any of the promises he made during the campaign. You know, my my, my plan is clear. I'm not going to raise incomes on uh, a t income tax of people making less than $200,000 or more. Well... It eventually was down to people making $30,000 or less. Rush called it. Rush called it. And he became incredibly popular when Clinton was president. And he kind of bristled at the suggestion, well, Rush, I know you're disappointed that the Republican president lost reelection, but it helped your program. And he says, my ratings are not dictated upon who's president and who isn't. And guess what? When George W. Bush was elected in 2000 after, you know, Bill Clinton moved on after eight years— Rush was still as popular as ever, so he proved it. So there is a way to keep a large audience, even though everything in your audience's preferences are good. You know, if the audience has all of their elected officials, their preferred elected officials in power, in office, okay, they don't need a therapy session. You know, like Rush provided great therapy to people during the Obama administration and during the Clinton administration. Just like CNN provided that same therapy during the Trump administration. The difference is, Rush maintained a, sub, a huge audience. CNN didn't. And uh, Chris Licht is seeing to that, saying, we need to get our audience back. We need not to be so hyper partisan. And Jeffrey Tubin, I'm going to try to avoid any double entendres in talking about Jeffrey Tubin. the Remember the uh, legal analyst who got fired from his day job at The New Yorker for pleasuring himself on a zoom call but he forgot to take it off mute the mute the screen that is yeah cnn inexplicably brought him back because he was a left wing hack and he's moved on he he the way the statement he put out insinuates that way, that it was his own decision but, but let's who who are we kidding so yeah cnn's going to look remarkably different um don lemon maybe the next hyper partisan To move on, who's to say? Anderson Cooper, yeah, he's a leftist, but he's not as bad as, say, Chris Cuomo, Don Lemon, and Brian Stelter have been. You know, Jake Tapper, I I think, in my opinion, still pretty solid. Again, his credibility took a little hit because he got caught up in the anti-Trump hysteria himself. Um, But for the most part, he's still one of the better ones out there. But CNN's going to look remarkably different, and they don't want to get caught up in msnbc's left-wing hackery and they don't want to be the answer to fox news right-wing hackery so it's going to be interesting so again i'm not celebrating the man brian stelter losing his job because he's got a young family it's difficult when you lose your job but as we've been hearing he kind of brought it on himself and um to criticize the major shareholder of the corporation that's taking over the company He had to know the writing was on the wall if he was going to go all out doing that. So with that, folks, hour number one in the books, hour number two coming back in mere moments. It's me, Brad Carlson, in for the headliner, Mitch Berg on the Northern Alliance Radio Network.
4: Go nowhere.
1: Closing time.
4: Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy.
2: Are you
6: tired of looking at your chipped oil-stained garage floor every time the door opens? You need to talk with the folks at the coating Crew? These guys can transform your garage or utility floor concrete into an extension of your home. Imagine matching your floor to your sweet summer ride or showing off your team colors. The coating Crew has a wide variety of colors to match the most eclectic tastes in man cave decor. These guys take the time to properly prep the floor, repair cracks and pits, and then the magic begins and all in just one day. This attention to detail sets them apart from the competition. It's a given that their crews are trained and certified to create your long and lasting oasis. Since 1999, the Coding Crew has been providing superior products and exceptional customer service. Contact CodingCrew.com. Reclaim the value and space of your old garage floor. Schedule a free quote at CodingCrew.com. And tell them Dennis sent you CodingCrew.com. AM 1280